Hi, everyone. My name is Sumble Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon, and we are two new Cambridge City Counselors, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. We are here. We're here. We barely made it here. Oh, barely. We're like crawling down Mass Ave at the end of a Thursday. <laughs> slow walking. Uh, so we haven't seen each other in a while. Well, in this podcast room. In this podcast room. I see you every day. <laughs> every um, hour. But yeah, we had, it was April break last week. Yeah, it was. Uh, but before we get to April break and what you did, I have to tell you what I did. What um, did you do? Well, I didn't go anywhere. I, I, I stayed here, but um, I did take some TV breaks. Oh, uh-huh. Mental health breaks. Mental health breaks. That's what I call them. And um, I found two shows. Okay. One, <laughs> one which you recommended, uh, Discovery of Witches. I, it's so good. Please tell our uh, podcasters what it's about. So the Discovery of Witches is from a, a trilogy this uh, rep- I can't remember her name. Anyways, it's about <laughs> a witch who falls in love with a vampire, and apparently that's very bad. And then they're like trying to like save the end of the like the whole demon world by they- she finds this book. Anyways, it's very, <laughs> it's really good. It's good. It's kind of campy. Yeah. Did you finish? I'm on the seventh episode. Okay. So, so I'm almost there. I'm almost done. You're almost. You have one more episode. Yeah. So Alana told me, oh hey, I started watching it. I was like, oh okay, great. So I literally, uh, the president's, uh, not president's day, Patriot's day, I was, I had a cold. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to create a binge it. free Sundance Now account <laughs> <laughs> for like a week trial. And I watched the entire series. Oh my God. Thank God you liked it. It was okay. I mean, right? It's campy. <laughs> I told her friend, I was like, you know, it's really hard to believe like they'd fall in love so quickly. And there people were like, it's a show about vampires. <laughs> That was the part you had a, you couldn't really get there in your mind about. You were like, I just don't think that they were meant for each other. Literally. And they're like, <laughs> right? That was where you had to suspend your belief. Like, she's mm-hmm. so pretty and he's not. Exactly. Like, how'd they fall in love in three days? Like, right. She was really into him. Like, said, I love you. I know. I was like, girl, back it up. <laughs> You're too into deep. You're too into Anyway. He's not that into you. <laughs> There, he even he said he was He's like, like we whoa just i've been around for centuries <laughs> anyway it's a great show you should watch it uh season two is going to come next year but okay there was another show i'm gonna be brief about that about this because it is disgusting um <laughs> i can't wait so i was on hulu there's a show called dr pimple popper i know i know okay um, it's so she is an American dermatologist. Mm-hmm. Who's uh, she? She her name is Sandra Lee. Oh, okay. And she's based out of Upland, California. So she had been doing all these videos, you know, f- you know, as early as like ten years ago. Is it ten years ago? Almost ten years ago. Twenty ten. Yeah. She started, and she was posting videos of skin extractions and um and people just watch these videos people watch these videos so there's a whole show on that's it. disgusting it's it's a lot of um lipomas which is a new word uh i learned uh they are benign tumors made of fat tissue so they're generally soft to the touch <laughs> movable and painless <laughs> so anyway it's people who have these big big lipomas on and you're everywhere. watching this i mean i'm like with my eyes covered because it's so disgusting but my favorite part is just when she's removed whatever and, mask and the people are so happy they're so happy and like they're uh-huh. just like my life changed like i have been so scared to do this uh-huh. i've haven't but you've helped my self-esteem like oh, it's like it's, a feel good show after it's gross yeah so don't eat 
before you watch it. Like, just do not eat. I'm going to tell you right now, that is not going into the lexicon of things that I watch. I just, <laughs> so I don't know why I started, but I can't stop. So if people, uh, you know, want, need a show that there's, it's kind of disgusting, disgusting, but like Dr. Pimple People Pimple. are always like, I would die to watch a show that's super gross. It's so disgusting. <laughs> anyway, um, watch it if you're interested. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I didn't. I didn't watch that show, but I did get a. I got away for a few days, which was so nice. That's great. Um, my family and I went to Montreal, and I, I was looking back at my calendar and realizing that I haven't. I sort of like a super random night here and there. I haven't had a free night since like January. I feel you. It's it's a lot. Like you, we were even yeah. last night until like eight thirty. Tonight we'll be at City Hall until nine o'clock. It's. We rarely have free nights. Mm-mm. I don't, don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We do it for you, though. We no, do it for we, all of you. We love you. Okay, and so very exciting news, Cambridge. Uh, scrappy one-year anniversary to curbside composting. So the Cambridge Curbside Composting Program um, was expanded citywide to all households, 12 units or less, in April of 2018, so one year ago. So we had a presentation uh, at the um, Health and Environment Committee hearing this week that uh, the DPW has collected 3.5 million pounds of food scraps from landfills over the last year. And uh, excitingly, on April 1st, we voted to fund the rollout of composting for 13-plus unit buildings within um, with uh, the curbside composting. So that's exciting for people who live in bigger buildings. Uh, and one of the things we talked about at the health and environment meeting was that small businesses have been asking for Curbside composting also, and it looks like that's not going to happen until like 2021. 20, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of a huge bummer, but it is great to see so many pounds of uh, waste really being diverted from the landfill. I mean, it's such a, a huge environmental issue. Uh, so good job, everyone who's been doing their composting. And um, look for a rollout uh, next fiscal year of if you live in a building that's 13 or more units. Yeah, stay tuned. We also heard uh, about our curbside mattress recycling, which is available at no cost to residents thanks to the, uh, the City of Cambridge and a grant provided by the Massachusetts Department of Environmental Protection. So mattresses must be placed on the curb outside your building by 7 in the morning on the day of your pickup. If the driver can't see your mattress while in front of your residence, they'll call the listed number. Uh, and they the crew will not go into private property and they're only going to remove mattresses that are on, uh, that are curbside. So you can actually um, p- schedule a pickup online. Uh, and it's we're partnering with an agency called UTEC uh, based out of Lowell. And the website, I'll just give it to you right now, it's utec-mattress.org slash schedule. So definitely if you have a mattress and want to recycle it. Yeah, I think they said they pick up in Cambridge on Thursdays and Fridays. Yeah. And since they started this, which was not that long ago, they've picked up over 400 mattresses. Yep. That's incredible. It's amazing. It really is. So those are mattresses that would have gone to the landfill. And so um, working in with this organization, I remember going to um, an event with them. Like you had your your ankle, you had just broken your ankle. So yeah. last March, it was a year ago. It was a year ago. But they do workforce development and yeah, Lowell? they they do a variety of things. So their mission is to uh, ignite and nurture the ambition of our most connected young people um, to trade violence and poverty for social and economics uh, success. So they're based in Lowell. They help 
uh, kids in youth in Lowell, Lawrence, and uh, they have not only this mattress recycling program, but they have woodworking. They have whole food services curriculum. Oh, that's right. Yep. Uh, they they do so much. They were really great. I was very very impressed, and I was really excited that we're going to be working with them. Um, a year later. Yeah, it's happening. It's a year later, but it's great. This is like we're Cambridge has so many resources and has the ability oh, yeah, to you do were this. Saying this the other night. And cities like Lowell and Lawrence, they're not doing mm-hmm. so much of this, right? Mm-hmm. So any opportunity we can power, we can partner with these cities who are less off mm-hmm. um, and help their communities as well. It's great. Yeah, I mean, that, that workforce development piece is so critical, especially exactly. if it's like we're, you're solving two problems. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> I think we have a mattress in our basement that we just don't ever throw away because like, I don't want it to go in the landfill, but I, then I don't know. What now else you to can do. recycle it. Now I can do it. Okay. So coming up next week is everyone's favorite season, budget season. Um, so we have budget hearings all next week. Uh, so the city manager actually on Monday night at our city council meeting made his presentation of the sort of high level and the facts um, of the the fiscal year 20 budget. So this operating budget of fiscal 20 is $678 million um, and represents an increase of uh, $36 million or 5.7% over the fiscal year 19 adjusted budget. So we also have a proposed capital budget of $101 million. So this budget includes $84 million in expenditures in some of the areas that we've been really been focusing on, so like affordable housing, early childhood education, and sustainability. And in addition, there are some new staff positions and new expanded initiatives included in this budget, many of which uh, are the direct result of collective discussions with the city council. So um, we got some high-level details, and some of them are. Yeah, so over $20 million of direct financial support to the Affordable Housing Trust uh, in FY20 to develop and preserve affordable housing. And I want to note that this does not include the monies that we'll need to preserve uh, the Fresh Pond Apartments. Mm-hmm. And so that that's amazing because th- that will, we are setting aside a good um, many, many million. Uh, the number, again, is being negotiated to, to preserve those units. Uh, as noted in the cons- uh, consolidated spending section, over... Um, Thirty-two million will be spent in support of uh, affordable housing and homelessness efforts across city departments, and the city will also expand its preschool capacity by opening an additional ca- classroom as part of the King Open and Cambridge Street Upper Schools and Community Complex project, and will turn its half-day school year pr- preschool at the Haggerty School into a full-day, full-year program to better need uh, meet the needs of Cambridge families. And the city will be investing over $1.1 million in scholarships for low-income children to attend high-quality community-based, uh, community-based preschools. And this is something we both had a meeting um, right early in our first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was in like a February or March. Yeah, it was one of our most important things that we want to talk about at yeah. the Human Services Committee. And we really challenged the city to think about how uh, we could expand resources and scholarships for uh, the ch- our children who needed the most. Yeah, I mean, even yesterday I was um, I was at a chamber event with Congresswoman Clark, and one of you know that's one of her big initiatives in Congress is to expand um, er- access to high quality uh, early childhood education because it can make such a big difference for economic and educational outcomes for 
for our most vulnerable kids. So exactly. this is something that we both felt really, really strongly about and may, you know, really wanted to challenge our staff uh, to see how we could expand both our own you know, in-home, in-house stuff, but also expand the scholarship program to send kids to other, to other, to yeah. other preschools. Um, some of the other things that were included was uh, approximately $1 million in funding for a new police cadet program, which will fall start in the fall of 2019. We've talked about that on this podcast before. It's something that um, I feel very strongly that we need to diversify our police force, and this is one way that we're going to be able to do that. And the city manager uh, announced on Monday night that the fire department is also going to be uh, looking to start a cadet program as well, which is really exciting. It's something that I've been wanting as well, but um, there have been some sort of mitigating factors that were standing in the way that hopefully now are cleared. Um, Also, this summer, the Department of Human Services is going to significantly expand summer meal sites uh, just to make sure that more of the kids in Cambridge uh, are getting adequate nutrition when school is out. So this includes piloting evening meals for summer youth basketball leagues, piloting evening meals at screens on the green movie nights, and at book bike events located in different housing developments. And this I'm really excited about, the addition of a summer lunch site at the Central Square Branch Library. This also came out of our Human Services Committee um, and was a partnership with with Project Bread. And then the fiscal year 20 operating budget also includes $300,000, an increase of $200,000 for tree planting and maintenance to really address our tree canopy decline. And then um, some some things I'm excited about are uh, after the tax rate is set in the fall of 2019, um, the city manager is making additional recommendations related to the Fresh Pond Apartments that you talked about before, and the work of the Mayor's Arts Task Force, the Tenants Displacement Task Force, and the Urban Forestry Task Force. So I can say, um, just speaking of the Mayor's Arts Task Force, we had put in a policy order to divert 15% of the hotel motel taxes to be spread out into the arts community, and we will be working at our next Arts Task Force um, to to figure out what to do with that money and come up with a great budget that will really help incentivize our our arts and culture here and and support our artists and as well as there's going to be some funding for supporting the cultural district here in Central Square which has not previously been funded with any funds by the state or by the city so those are those are some things that are going to come up they set the task. The task, the tax rate <laughs> uh, in September, September, yeah. early fall. So look out for those things. So those are, they're working, they're cooking, but I know you have some things coming up too. Yeah, For so we had a task force meeting on Tuesday night and we have a funding group. And so we are thinking about ways to increase funding in a variety of uh, areas. We've already done a little bit with uh, legal aid funding, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, we're pushing on other areas. And so um, I'm excited. I'll probably be submitting a few policy orders in uh, May or June um, to to discuss, uh, to, to move forward on those items. Thank you for taking that on. It's something that I think <laughs> we talk about all the time and it needed it needed a steward. Um, so thank you for doing it. I know it's, it's a lot. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I brought this up on Monday night, but there is this distinction we we do we are building affordable housing preserving it and then how do we also keep people in their homes and preserve tenancies tenancies and so it there's a whole commu- component to that and we do do a lot with our um you know homelessness funds and we fund the multi-service center but uh you know what else can we be doing and how can we get uh, a little bit more innovative so I'm working on it. <laughs> I mean, I was just going through today, you know, getting ready for the hearing tonight, going through my list of people that I'm currently working with that are desperate for housing. Mm-hmm. And 
I think there's some kind of misperception right now when we're talking about the affordable housing overlay that we'll get to a little bit later, that we're creating housing units for people who don't already live here. My list of people includes, you know, five to six families that are currently being displaced from units in Cambridge. Right. So we're creating these units for displacement. We also need to be working on not having people displaced in the first place. So um, I think having these happen in tandem is the critical part. And so that's why I was, thank you for taking that on. You're so welcome. Mm -hmm. Um, So you just went to a meeting this morning. Yeah, so it's, uh, this was the Cambridge Police Department has a quarterly stakeholders meeting where they pull together all Mm -hmm. of their stakeholders, um, social service agencies, the hospitals, um, people like me uh, (laughs) who'd like to come and see what's happening. Um, and then there's a generally two or three presentations. And so this morning, the Central Square bid was the presentation. They wanted to roll it out to the police department and um, the social services agencies that exist here in Cambridge and just give them an update of, of where they are. We voted on Monday night. Um, the petition came in to formally start the bid, and we moved it into our June 10th during our city council meeting. We will have a hearing on the Central Square bid. and. Um, hopefully we'll vote that night to make it official. Um, but the other presenter this morning was um, Caspar, which some of you listeners might remember that we do a wool sock drive uh, to celebrate Valentine's Day, but also to ensure that we um, are are getting wool socks to our most vulnerable uh, here in Cambridge during a very, very cold time. And they showed a video of their homeless outreach workers on their first step van. I, mm-hmm. You see the first step van out in Central Square. They work every night um, from two until midnight, uh, you know, just making sure people who are on the street don't, you know, if they want to be brought into shelter, they can be brought into shelter if they need something to eat, if they need something to drink. But the woman that was doing the presentation, who's out on the first step van every single night, was talking about those socks as being a way to establish trust with people who are living on the street. That a lot of times, she was telling the story about this gentleman that she, um, they started to see every single night uh, in Harvard Square. I can't remember his name and that's terrible, but they they would go and see him every single night. Every single night he wanted a pair of socks and a water bottle. Mm. And so this went on for months and they just kept going back. They just kept going back. A year and a half later after establishing trust with socks, water, then it was food. He finally said to them, I, I really need to be in a, um, a detox center. Can you help me? And so they did. But it's like that painstaking work yeah. of going every single night and um, and establishing that trust. And that I know sometimes I feel like, oh, it's just socks, you know, how we're not really helping that much. But if it's something that's helping an outreach worker establish trust with somebody that a year and a half later or three months later will actually get them into housing or into an addiction program. I mean, I was I was really blown away. Um, Very important. And they do incredible work. And I will say that they do it on a shoestring. So if anyone out there is interested in um, supporting an amazing, amazing program here in Cambridge that directly addresses homelessness, Caspar, just go on their website. Um, the video that they showed this morning was not for wide distribution. And I have asked them to look into trying to figure out how to how to make it for wide distribution, because I think it's something that everybody should see. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very great organization. We went to their fundraiser a little while ago. We did. Stood in the corner, but <laughs> <laughs> per usual. That's, that's us. <laughs> I was like, the bar's open. <laughs> like Alana went running. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I, was, I walked super fast. <laughs> 
<laughs> you were there before I was. Uh, so moving to uh, another topic that's been on a lot of people's minds, including ours, mm-hmm. the affordable housing overlay. That's right. Uh, so tonight we will be busy at City Hall. Uh, we have a housing uh, committee hearing at 6 uh, to discuss this overlay. So we've had many meetings on the topic in the housing committee, and this is the latest. So just to give everyone some review and context, we're in the middle of a process to rezone the city for buildings that are 100% affordable housing in perpetuity. We've talked a little bit about what 100% affordable housing means in uh, previous podcasts. So uh, in in addition, in areas where the base zoning is less than 40 feet, the allowed height for 100% affordable housing buildings would go up to 45 feet and 50 feet if there was ground floor retail. For areas in the city that are over uh, 50 feet, uh, 40 feet, the affordable housing buildings could go, go up to 80 feet. So... Um, Additionally, the setbacks and open space requirements uh, uh, could be adjusted to ensure that more units uh, are, are able to be built as of right. So we've have some zoning, and there's some new zoning that came forward from mm-hmm. the city yesterday. Was mm-hmm. it yesterday? It was like late in the day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still going through it. Same. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do later. But um, it, it, the, there's a lot of nitty gritty into the zoning, and it. We've just started the process. So there are still questions and concerns that all of us raised at the last round table that uh, the city is trying to incorporate. That's right. So one of them that I had suggested along with Councilor Carlone was that there would be a mid-tier level in some of the business districts that might not be appropriate to go up to 80 feet over what's there and what's currently um, zoned, the base zoning is. So the new zoning language that we got yesterday um, creates a mid-tier in those areas uh, to be 60 feet. So this is for areas that are anywhere within 35 feet of a district whose height limit is 40 feet or less and directly about residential uses. Basically, um, I felt and Councilor Carlone felt, and I think you know we were bringing sort of a lot of concerns that the, the residents had that there should be a mid-tier level to be more appropriate um, to fit in with the neighborhood. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that and um, uh, I'm glad we're having this meeting tonight. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the some of the language also, the new language presented states that parking, driveways, and rooftops are no longer considered open space. Bike parking is... St- <laughs> I had a whole thing about bike parking, but bike parking is uh, still considered open space but does not count as uh, permeable open space. Yeah, I think a lot of people th- had concerns around... If, mm-hmm. if you had to have a certain required open space and it was all driveway, then it's right. not really open space. Yeah. Um, there's also some language in there about the implementation that's new, and basically yeah. this says that the city manager has the authority to make changes to the actual implementation of this ordinance. Any changes in the method of implementation requires a 30-day review period um, and public hearing. So, again, I'm interested in hearing more about this tonight. I think it requires a, a larger explanation. And I've also asked, um, just to start, which is one of our affordable housing um, providers, to provide some case studies of properties that they lost out on um, over the last year based on this overlay not being in place. So um, I'm going to ask them to present those because I think they're illustrative of like really what we're talking about. Yeah, and I've asked HRI to do similar in the past. And I, I think ultimately I, I'd hope that we'd have like a whole sample set, mm-hmm. you know, eventually that we can, that people can see and and, and, and tease out. Yeah. And I also know that the we've also asked the city to prepare um, graphical, more graphical illustrations uh, of how the affordable housing overlay requirements could be 
employed on various sizes and types of sites. They haven't don't have them yet. I was hoping maybe they'd have a, a little bit, but I think mm-hmm. as this we keep discussing this, uh, that will be a big um, uh, selling point. I think for for many people. Yeah, I think I've I've actually I think there's two schools of thought on that um, because the. So the presentations we've seen just look like boxes. Right. And I think for me, that just freaks me out, right? Like mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. seeing a box because you're like, I don't want to just a giant box on on the lot next to me. Um, but then there's some <laughs> there's some pushback from some architects and people who are kind of do this all the time. Is like, well, you don't want to present something that looks a certain way because people are going to pick apart the, you know, well, I don't like those windows and I don't like that roof and I don't like that door. And I my pushback is like, yeah, well, they're going to say that about a specific right. project. But if you're looking at, if you're like me and probably like almost everyone else, <laughs> like looking at a box, it that that doesn't help you tell a story to yourself about like what something could look like. And I I do think it's important. I think most people are visual. Yeah, and especially around zoning for sure. Like this stuff is hard enough without any illustrations. Yeah, I mean, at the roundtable last week or two weeks ago, I was like, what's, you know, form-based zoning versus the FAR, you know? and I know, right? And I actually think Jeff did a great job doing like a layman's explanation. I actually, for the first time, was like, had a real aha moment about what form-based zoning is and how it is, how how it can help actually make building facades look better Mm -hmm. and not be boxy. Um, right. And I, so I was like, I actually saw him this morning. Like, Thank you again for that explanation. Um, but I do think he had to say that with words. But like, and it took a long us. time. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if, if they could put together some images, I think it would really be helpful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, it's coming. Mo- moving along. So that's tonight. Uh, and um, Sullivan Chamber. Sullivan Chamber. Come, come say hi. Come say hi. Uh, I, tonight we'll be. Uh, hard because uh, we recently learned uh, this week that uh, a longtime resident and uh, member of the Affordable Housing Trust and member of my displacement task force, Cheryl Ann uh, Pizzioli, uh, passed away. She did. She had a long um, bout with cancer and yeah. um, actually attended not the last roundtable, but the meeting before and, and delivered a very impassioned speech um, on why we really need to be desperately looking for for ways to help people who are being displaced, ways to help people who can no longer live here, afford mm-hmm. to live here. And this was her life's work. Um, it truly was. And she's just She was a so force. Smart. She was a force and she mm-hmm. was very, very smart. And she could tell a narrative story that, w- that really kind of spoke to you. Yeah. And I will really miss her. Yeah. Up until like two, two and a half weeks ago, we were... We were on the phone and we were talking about eviction data, and right up right. till the end. She and I know she was in a lot of pain, and um, I yeah. think she, you know, she lived at twelve twenty one Cambridge Street, which is a um, an HRI building, and you know she did tenant organizing, and she was just a voice at the table for people who live in in affordable mm-hmm. housing and public housing in a way that I think. Not many people could do. She really was such a staunch advocate and and made things come alive for people. For me, she was very helpful in in, in understanding. And anyways, I I'm devastated. I I know that there are so many people that are going to be around the table tonight that are yeah thinking of her and it's going to be really hard yeah. not having her there. Right. 
Um, but I, I know that she's with us during this process, and I, I'm, I'm just so glad to have had the opportunity to work with her. Yeah, and she'll be there tonight, you know. In spirit. In spirit. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll probably give a more of an update on the task force and eviction data that we've collected, but the city's moving along and collecting uh, database on evictions and the the it's eviction complaints and that distinction is important because we don't know it, it's a complete process so we don't know if that person was actually evicted unless you go through the their file and so we the cdd has an intern doing that right now but i made this point in my meeting it's even if between you know january 2013 and december 2018 there's been 572 evictions complaints filed all those, each of those evictions goes on the person's record. Mm-hmm. We were talking about right. this, yeah. So you are automatically, it prohib- it's likely to prohibit you. From ever renting from, an apartment again. From renting an apartment mm-hmm. again, access to employment opportunities. Mm-hmm. It, it's You're on a tenant blacklist. So there is a movement to um, seal these records, mm-hmm. but that that it, it's up to, it, I'm not sure how likely that is to pass. And what about no-fault evictions when there isn't a court order? Are we tracking those as well? We're going to start. We're, we're trying to track those as it's well. It's so hard because, it's so hard. Yeah. well, first of all, I mean, for, for those of you who don't get a call every single day from somebody who's losing right. their housing, um, you know, just this week, uh, I got a couple of calls, but this 90-year-old woman um, who lived in a triple deck, who lives in a triple decker, has lived there for 60 years. Um, her building was sold. The new landlord was like, you have to find someplace else to live. And so she has this letter, but it's not an eviction. Right. And what that means is, you know, she goes to the CHA and she says, I got evicted. And they're like, that's just a letter. You need to get it. Yeah. You need to, you need to get a, it needs to go through the court. And this poor 90 year old disabled woman now has to like go to Malden or Medford, 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 um, to go to housing court and like, and deal with this new landlord. It's just awful. Did, did you guys transfer her case? So that's yeah. what I was going to talk yeah. to you about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll fill that out. But either way, yeah. it's like. <laughs> no, it's crazy. I mean, it, we. and But I she's hoped... not going to get counted in there. Right. Right. And Unless she gets this court order to housing eviction. And I was hoping that our housing liaison position would have been hired for by now. Uh, what I'm, is happening I'm with very that? frustrated. Uh, this position, we've been talking about it for almost a year now, and the city oh, I remember. has not uh, hired someone yet. Uh, we've reviewed candidates, uh, and I haven't. We're not, we're not allowed to be in that process for, for various reasons, but it's a, we, we're just, we haven't hired someone yet, and I think it just got reposted, so. Well, they're doing another. They're doing another round, mm. and the whole goal for this liaison was to help with these types of scenarios, right, to, to you know, to when we get calls because each of the counselors get multiple calls a week sometimes on these in these in these situations yes and depending on who you call you get a different level of right knowledge based different level of yeah and so i i was hoping that this person would kind of i just don't think it's fair that depending on who you call you get a different level of of help right and you know know how and like there you know there's there are um, counselors and counselors who have been doing this a long time that know how to, what to do when. Right. And, we, you know, we've had to, like, learn pretty quickly, but it's still. 
It shouldn't depend on that. Right, right. So stay tuned for that. But that's something that I, some of the recommendations that come out of this task force would be uh, to really work closely with the housing liaison on the data they collect and so forth. So I hope by very soon we'll have someone in a month. But I, and, oh, in a month? I'm like, I'm like, I'm really pushing for it. You know, like, let's get some. We had over like, eight, we had like 80 candidates for resumes last time submitted, I was told. And mm. so out of that, they interviewed, I think, less than 10 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we and to, they didn't find anybody mm-hmm, in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, 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 I think it's going to be, it's a great role, but the role does do a lot. And so I think it's it, it's going to be hard to find someone that fits all of that. We need Ellen Schachter. <laughs> exactly. Ellen, come back. Right. <laughs> Ellen, come back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that's that update. Uh, I have a event this weekend for Cambridge Digs Deep at uh, the high school starting. What, what number are you on? Five? Five. Five. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, is that at the high school again? It's at the high school. And okay. this is the last session with Dr. Uh, Amante. So if you want to come see her, uh, please join us uh, at the high school. The pizza is going to come at 1130. And uh, the presentation will be from 12 to 2. Okay, and also this weekend is the East Cambridge and Inman Square cleanup. Um, you can sign up online. Uh, I would just go to the East Cambridge Business Association Facebook page, and they have an event. Um, I will be at the Kennedy Longfellow School starting at 930, so stop by. Um, I, I like to do the mulching. That's like my thing, the you playground mulching. Yeah, you like get the wheelbarrow, and you're like, I don't know. It's like good work. And then there's always donuts. That's true. That's yeah. at 930? I did it uh, two years ago. Last year, I couldn't. Last year, I couldn't. (laughs) Last year, I went and I got there so late that I missed all the work and I just ate pizza. (laughs) And then I just walked around. Somebody had somebody had donated these cookies and they were really good and I so I was walking around giving them to people and people were like oh thank you so much for bringing these cookies and I was like I'm like a real politician right now <laughs> just like didn't do the work didn't do tweeted anything tweeted it out <laughs> ate food and then pretended that I I actually brought donated <laughs> cookies by somebody else I love that I was like I'm really getting the swing of yeah. this uh, and speaking of cleanups on Sunday Jerry's Pond oh. group is having a cleanup over at uh, what time is that Russell Field uh, 2.30 to 5 okay so I'll be there uh, is it supposed to be nice this weekend i don't know i'm supposed to be looked. crappy tomorrow like oh, really? pouring rain mm-hmm. oh my god tomorrow night is actually the cambridge school volunteers uh fundraiser annual fundraiser what is is that the lender art center yes again? it is I are go, you speaking i'm not i do go every year uh, i used to be on the board so if you're around and want to go to a miami dance party come <laughs> join i'm not gonna dance <laughs> but uh, are you a I'll dancer i've never seen you dance Oh, I'm a dancer, for sure. No, I, I really, I, I, I haven't danced in a while. I was like just trying to imagine it. Oh, come I, I, I have moves. I, have, I can dance. <laughs> well, I, we should see it. I can dance. Like I've been known like to, to really. To like really rock the dance floor? Really just be on the dance floor, you know. We should have like a dance off oh. as like a fundraiser. <laughs> no one would go. Oh, everyone would come and everyone just laugh at us and be like, "Who are these women?" <laughs> yeah, I love that we're gonna we're planning like a dance off fundraiser and we can't even go to an actual event and talk to other people. Like never, <laughs> never, never, never. We should do the you know that Friends episode where Ross and oh you don't watch Friends? Well, I mean, I like, watched it whenever it aired. Like, Ross and Monica do this dance. You know that episode? No. I think my listeners who watch Friends have to know this episode, <laughs> but they do this amazing dance. We should because they're a brother and sister. Yeah, right? but we should do a dance anyway, like coordinated. Okay. Like not actually dance off, but like anyway. Why are we even talking about this? 
I do want to say that last night, CCTV, where oh, we, yeah. we record this podcast every single week, we graced us with a producer of the year award at their annual board meeting to Sumble and myself for this podcast. And it was so nice. It was really nice. It was really Thank nice. Thank you so much, CCTV. Thank you to CCTV for everything that you do, for supporting us, for not even hesitating when we wanted to do this cookie podcast. They were like, yes, start tomorrow. Um, and just for being so warm and welcoming and always always ready to accommodate our cookie schedule. Yeah, you're really good to us. So Thank you, CCTV. It. And then just before we go, there is another event that um, I'm organizing for May 22nd. Uh, it's the community uh, iftar. Oh, so right. Everyone is welcome. It starts at 7. Are we doing it out on the lawn? We talked about this. We it we're gonna is the prayer it, gonna be out on the lawn. The prayers are gonna be inside just oh. because of the we don't know about the weather. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So TBD, but uh, please join. It's it's interfaith. Everyone is welcome. Where's the food from? Uh, I can't remember. Black Seed. Oh yeah, it was so good. It last was really year. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the food this time will be in the uh, the senior the center. senior center because of it was so so many people last year, like far five hundred. So. I think when I got there, there was one spoonful left. I think we we specifically yeah. waited until the end to make sure that everybody. Everyone, yeah. Well, I was like, I didn't fast, so people, right, whoever right. has been fasting right, all day, right. please get in ha- ahead of me. Yeah, so, so save the date, come join. Yeah, definitely. Anything think, else? Um, no, I can't think of anything. Yeah, but join us next week for budget hearings. If you have specific questions, just tweet them at us. Mm. I'm at a m m a l l o n. I'm Sumble Sid S U M B U L. S-I-D-D. And if you love this podcast and want to share it with your friends, we wouldn't hate you. Yeah, we'd like you. We'd really like you. Share it on Facebook. <laughs> share it on Twitter. Share, um, share, share. Share it on email. Um, pass a note to your friend in gym class. Whatever, however you want to get the information to them. We're just, um, we'd love to have some more listeners and get out all the information that's happening here in Cambridge. So as always, thanks for listening. You guys are awesome. And we'll see you soon. We'll see you next week.